Well, I guess we're the Weekly Cowboys podcast from now on. You can hear my excitement. Folks, this is the push-off. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Push-Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last playoff weekend and discusses the next playoff weekend. I'm your host, Scott Ogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan, I guess he's 6-1 and one against the Cowboys now, right? What? Yes, that's true, yeah. Dan, congratulations. Uh, Thanks, thankfully, one of our teams comes out on top this weekend. Uh, so it's not like the bummer podcast. <laughs> well, as you know, I was heavily involved in the game planning, and I I, I bear a lot of <laughs> yes. a lot of uh, what happened in that game is my responsibility, and I appreciate it. <laughs> I squinted, uh, and I could have swore they were carrying you off the field on their arm. <laughs> That's true. No, no. no. Un- unfortunately, uh, I look now like Brian Dable, so it's very. <laughs> That's what I was saying. If you saw someone that looked like me in a, in a happy mood, it was unfortunately during that game, man. Uh, uh, it was a. Long weekend, uh, six oh, yeah. playoff games stretched over three through the, days. Stretched through three days, second time uh, they've done that now. Um, yeah, uh, how did the weekend plan out for you, Dan? You you had to wait all the way to Monday night to see uh, Cowboys. I play. did. It was one of those things where I knew as soon as it was Cowboys Brady, we were going to be Monday night. Like mm-hmm. it was just the way it was going to go. I knew it. Um, I thought the Saturday games were. I mean that. We're gonna talk about it. that fucking Jaguars game. Un <laughs> unfucking believable, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know the the Eagles and the Chiefs didn't play. Uh, Bengals absolutely should not have been that tight against the the Ravens, and the Bills absolutely should not have been that tight against the Miami Dolphins. But yeah. God damn it, what a fuck! The only game that was like kind of a blowout uh, was the 49ers game. Uh, aside from that, every one and of them took, was super competitive. Yeah, and even that one took a while to get to there. Yeah. Um, so let's touch on them all. Uh, we'll get through all these games and talk about next week's divisional round. Uh, there's only four games. Nah, that's a little sad. A little, little sad uh, <laughs> music under that one. And um, and only uh, eight teams left. So, yeah, but let's I, get through. I'm thrilled yeah. because my favorite thing about this is the Sunday game is the latest one is 530 which yeah. means I can just watch the whole thing through. I actually didn't watch the end of the Cowboys game last night because I was so exhausted. It was yeah. well in hand. I actually did not see the Buccaneers' last touchdown because I was like, like, my body was like, hey, listen, you've got a big enough lead against Tom Brady, you can finally go to sleep. Yeah. I'm like, all I've, right, thanks. I, I fell asleep and woke up for the end of the Jaguars game in that way, but uh, my, my son helped me with that. Kid's teething, <laughs> the big front teeth coming out of his, uh, you know, and it's not fun, I can tell you that. So, oh yeah, let's hit up let's hit up some news and then oh, yeah. uh, the games. Um, we now know where, if well, first of all, if the Bills and the Chiefs win their games here uh, this Sunday and Saturday, 
the uh, championship game between these two teams will be played in Atlanta, Georgia. Megatron's butthole. That's right. That's what we uh, affectionately call Megatron's butthole, um, which is Mercedes-Benz uh, mm-hmm. field there. Um, yeah, Atlanta, what do you think, Dan, of this thought? We, we talked a little bit about like where it could be. Well, that's the interesting thing. It's a, it's a big space. Uh, it's hosted a Super Bowl before. It's a relatively new stadium. I mean, your two options with this, I think it makes sense to take it to an NFC location and also not a city that has a split NFC AFC affiliation like, you know, Los Angeles or something like that, which would be, you know, a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. It's it's about as far away. I mean, I know Buffalo is a bit more of a plane ride, but it's time, not like it's time a zone. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it's an easy layup to get there from Kansas City. I mean, you're traveling either way. Yeah. You're traveling. Um, but it's about right in the middle in terms of the time zone. Mm-hmm. So. I think it makes sense. I think it makes logical sense. If you had gone West Coast, that's an advantage, obviously, for the, the Chiefs. If you had gone East Coast or Northeast, that's obviously an advantage for the Bills. Makes sense to have it indoors, NFC, uh, in the South. It, I This is pretty good. I mean, the only other thing uh, I think would have made sense is maybe the Superdome, but that's a little closer to Missouri than maybe you want it to be. Yeah, Atlanta's a hub. They want to show off the, the new stadium and digs and stuff, too. NFL would like that, so... Yeah, we get the game in Atlanta, Georgia. It's going to just be very weird to watch it if that's the uh, if that happens. The Bengals and the uh, Jaguars would like uh, something to say about that. We'll have to see, and so we'll talk more about it if the, if that game it does end up taking place in the championship yeah. weekend. A uh, little bit of the coaching carousel. Let me just run through this here as we started it last week, and this is kind of leads us into the off season talk. As Push Up Podcast knows that this NFL is not a just season uh, um, shindig. No, this thing goes all all twelve months. Have you and, have you ever seen one of those uh, Christmas anytime stores where it's oh, like yeah. open in July and there's Christmas? That's like us in the off season. We're yeah. just like it's still football. You might have anytime. forgotten. Yeah. Yes, it is March, but you know we're we're studying up on the next uh, the next prospects. So, anyways, oh, yeah. the coaching. Uh, brought up Jim Harbaugh. I think Danny said he's staying in Michigan, and he did. He's staying yep. in Michigan again. This too was too much, much money, too much power. Yeah. You know, it's it's the alma mater. Like, what are you chasing, Jim? You're fine. It's weird. Now he, I think last year when he threatened to leave, didn't he relay that into some more money for him? I don't know so much if he did it this year or not. He did this year. It was like, dude, we just gave you a fucking ton of money, and you did great. Like. If you left, the Michigan fan base would actually be pissed. Last year, it was a bit of a debate whether mm-hmm. Michigan would be mad. They were like, eh, you, you kind of rebuilt things. Things were looking better. Um, you know, they had beaten Ohio State at the end right. of last season. Right. He had, he had struggled badly. Now he's beaten Ohio State two years in a row. Michigan will just keep giving him money. You keep beating <laughs> Ohio State, we'll just keep giving you money. That's all that you need to do there. Okay, so yeah, Jim Harbaugh's found a little spot there. He just keeps testing waters. And then Sean Payton and his uh, tour keeps continuing. He says... That he had interviews with Broncos, and Texans, and Panthers this week. Um, the Saints, who obviously still hold a uh, trade value on Sean Payton, now they're asking for a mid to late first round draft pick for the guy. Thoughts on that, Dan? Um, I, I don't think he's worth it, honestly. I mean, I know good head coaching is really important, but he's a bit washed. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is a team that went seven and nine with a new head coach or. Uh, wait, was it six and ten? I can't remember. But I think it was they, six and ten. Yeah, they weren't great, but they weren't like you know fucking disgusting. And they're in salary cap hell that he and Mickey Loomis put them in. So you know, 
there is no Drew Brees walking through that door right now. You know, Sean Payton had one of the greatest quarterbacks of this generation. Anywhere he's going, he doesn't have that. Yeah. So it obviously he turned Drew Brees into Breezes, but Drew Brees was a Pro Bowler uh, when he arrived there, coming off shoulder surgery. Yeah, you took a took a flyer on the guy, but obviously, you know, made a great decision there. Um, I don't think he's worth a first round pick. I would see giving up like a third round pick to get the guy. I totally get that. A first round pick is a fucking huge ask. And if I'm the coach, I don't want to lose my first round pick to go to a team. You know, it's it, it doesn't help me either. Yeah, yeah. Then you're like, oh shoot. Um, I think you're right. I think Saints are probably asking the moon now. If a team really wants him, they'll probably find a middle ground here. A like you said, third rounder, maybe even second rounder if somebody sure. really gets into a bidding war or a couple teams. Um but yeah. Also, what I, are you gonna I'd do maybe, if he goes, All right, I'll come back to the Saints. What do you do with Dennis Allen? What do you do with his contract? What do you do with yeah. him? You know, do you let him back? Does Dennis Allen become the D coordinator? What happens? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's that's obviously an option there. The Saints have with the contract that they still have on Peyton. So I don't know. Um, these things get kind of interesting here. A uh, little bit about coordinators getting signed. Um, the Browns, who fired their defensive coordinator, they're planning on, or if not, have already hired Jim Schwartz to be the defensive coordinator there. Great D coordinator. We talked about, yeah, he was the uh, head coach of the Lions for a bit there. That never worked out. But as defensive coordinator, Eagles, a couple other places he's he's succeeded at. Yeah, I thought he had a heart condition. I thought that's what uh, led him to resign the first time. Am I crazy? You know, coaches like that, I think they've they've had these and then they've come back. As Mm -hmm. uh, Kubiak and stuff like that has done in in the past. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, maybe it's barring a health exam for Jim Schwartz himself. Patriots are... Uh, perhaps bringing back Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator for next year. God, it's a real cast-off coach's carousel down there, isn't it? But Bill O'Brien was a great offensive coordinator, was actually a really good head coach in Penn State. The problem was he had way too much power when he was uh, down in, uh, in Houston. Houston. Yeah. So they didn't know what the fuck was going on. I think bringing him back provides some semblance of organization, some semblance of stability to the Patriots' offense, and it allows Matt Patricia to go fucking uh, kill himself. Yeah, has Bill be Belichick fun. gotten to a point now where he just doesn't get to know any new coaches, young guys? I mean, it's either his son or a bunch <laughs> of guys that have already shipped off and not succeeded elsewhere. Or ex-players like Gerard Mayo, who's That's a pretty right. fucking solid D coordinator. Who used himself. to play for him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. He's I like, I don't learn new people. I, I'm nah. almost 70. I don't fucking meet I new people. I got my circle. These are the guys I talk to, and we're on to Cincinnati. Um <laughs> It's like, Come you're not playing Cincinnati for a while. <laughs> well, I'm on to him. I don't know what the He's, fuck to tell you. Yeah, he goes, I'm all over him. Just in case. Just in case they call me up on me to play Cincinnati. Um, the commanders. The commanders are telling offensive coordinator candidates, who they don't have yet, to be ready to go win with Sam Howell at QB. Sure. I mean, what else are you going to say? This Sam Howell kid's fucking trash? Like, I, yeah. like, by the way, Sam Howell's fucking trash. There is not a chance... That if a touted like quarterback prospect is within Washington's striking range, they're not going to take a flyer on the guy right. in the first or second round. Not a fucking chance. It no, prob- Sam Howell was fine. He's fine, but he's a backup. You know, he's probably going to wind up being a backup. If you can get something out of him, fantastic. Team control, low money, but they're obviously going to take a shot at upgrading the quarterback position. Uh, it was brought up that um, 
or no, to me, what this means is, um, and I'm just taking a guess. Wentz, Heineke, these guys yeah, are going to be let go. Yeah, and it's like, well, we're going to start the off season with just Sam Howell back there, and then see, you yeah. know, what happens. And obviously, the coordinator and stuff will listen to. Hopefully, they would. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's there's not a chance that you go into the season with just Sam Howell, right? You know, it, it's basically saying we're probably not re-signing Heineke. We're definitely not keeping Wentz. Yeah, it's Sam Howell, and then whoever we else bring in. You know, you. If there's another veteran quarterback that's willing to come in and, you know, maybe take a decent deal, you know, two or three years, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Commanders could be a great addition. They've got a pretty good run game and a phenomenal defense and Terry McLaurin. So, you know, he'd be happy there. So oh, yeah. I don't think it's going to wind up being Sam Howell to start next season for the Washington Redskins. I'd be very, I'd be shocked, honestly. Quarterback uh, carousel will begin again, and uh, I don't know if it'll be as crazy as the one we just had this last offseason because more rookies are going to get flooded in this year than they have uh, last year, so we'll see. Kyler Murray might get traded. Ooh, okay. Well, Derek Carr is already getting shopped around, and um, I don't know if he's automatically a starter somewhere, but he will compete to be one. So here we go. Uh, finally, GMs. That's the only other news I have. GMs hirings. The Titans are going to be hiring Ran Carthon as GM. Yep. He is the 49ers director of pro personnel currently. Uh, one of my favorite things is I believe Ran Carthon was a, a running back because we'll you have to have the fucking name Ran if you're going <laughs> to be if you're going to be a fucking running back. Um, he was uh, on the Colts for a couple years and. Was also Detroit Detroit Lions, but that was practice squad. Uh, so yeah, he'll be taking over for the Titans, and then the Cardinals' uh, new GM is going to be Monty Asenfort. Um, was the <laughs> That's Titans a great name. Titans director of player personnel last three seasons? He's an old player too, I believe. Him, um, I don't know. And then uh, Brian Flores has talked that he could be maybe the Cardinals' next head coach hire. If Monty likes him. I mean, obviously, if the GM just got in the door, then it takes a little bit for him to, to get going. Um, the old head coach for the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> bought himself a one-way ticket to Thailand. Or so he's telling the press, or so it leaks. I, I mean, I'll say this. Somebody made a great point. They go, he basically went with his smoking hot fucking girlfriend to Thailand, disconnected his fucking phone, and just went to Thailand. <laughs> Obviously, we have the connotation that he's there to fuck, you know, lady boys. <laughs> but no judgments, no judgments. If you if you want to fuck lady boys, that is the number one destination. Okay. For those of you that don't know what a lady boy is, it's a lady don't who's also him. a boy. I was like, yeah, there you go. That, that fixes it's that. It's just a like, Don't tell them to Google it. Yeah, um. don't Google it. <laughs> Get on your work computer, Google it. <laughs> if you're sitting uh, there at work listening, you're And bored. say hot. Put hot in front of it. You're good to go. <laughs> Um, um, no, I've, here's my question about, uh, who it hurts. Um, isn't there, is there contractual, contractual obligations to these coaches who just got fired that they need to go look for more coaching work to then quote offset that money that, the Cardinals owner is paying him to not work basically. It, it depends on the contract. I don't know the exact language of okay. the contract, but generally it will say, if you are going to get paid by another NFL team, some of that money will offset. offset. This is when we talk about offset language and like players' contracts. That's what it is. It's like, hey, if you get cut 
If I cut you, double then you dipping. re-sign with somebody else. You can't double dip. Like, the league's not paying you twice. It depends on the language. I the... wouldn't fucking take offset language in anything that I do. <laughs> no, hey, good idea. I heard the NF, uh, the NBC guys talking about that, about the Kingsbury's contract, so I think he must have something like that on the books. So that makes it a little kind of shady to be like, I'm going to Thailand. I'm not even interested in coaching uh, – uh, interviews this time around. Well, take kind a of thing, year, man. Take yeah, a that's year. true. You're what young? coaches haven't? Yeah, yeah. You're young. It's fucking. Uh, you know, it is possible that, especially like, um, if his if his contract had off had offset language in it, this is a very smart idea because it means you don't have to work and you get paid the same amount of fucking money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But very rarely will they. Will they fire you and say, if you don't get a job, you don't get this money? That's that's not really how contracts work. No, true. Yeah, they can't go that direction. I agree. Um, okay, well, those are the news uh, little tidbits I have. It's mostly yeah. coaching staffs and things like that, and, and, and we're heading. And while you're making unsafe searches on your computer, uh, <laughs> search Cliff Kingsbury's girlfriend. And yeah? Yeah. It's not bad. He's doing fine for himself. He's going to have a great time in Thailand. Man's going to bounce back one way or another. I think Cliff Kingsbury's going to be fine being handsome and wealthy for the remainder of his life. I let's not let's not shed too many tears. <laughs> um, all right, Dan. So we've been kind of going back and forth on who we start with when it comes to AFC and NFC. Last week it was NFC. Week before that was AFC. So I think we got to go back to AFC. Um, yeah. Like you said, one of the games of the week. Which not necessarily game of the week, but you know, one of them was the one we saw. We had, we had five games of the week. Well. You could make an argument. There's about four games of the week. There were good games. Uh, there were games closer than I think they. I thought they were. But uh, yeah, they. And then some of these had moments instead of uh, the whole thing. But anyways, um, let's start with Saturday night AFC Chargers Jaguars. You could almost say I don't know if this one was a great game in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> But no. it led to being one. Thirty-one uh, thirty Jaguars win this comeback fashion um t- this game was 27 7 and a half 27 nothing started it and it was all lawrence throwing interceptions to to, to lead them off I, he it, it felt like uh when you uh play one of those uh video games and and your your team's so good at it, you're like i'm simulating the first half and seeing how, <laughs> how and i'll make the comeback from there and it couldn't have gone worse for the Jaguars to no. start this game. In and his I, first six possessions, four interceptions. Four interceptions. Three of them to Samuel Jr. Yeah, Asante Samuel Asante Jr. Asante Samuel Jr. Who we loved coming out of college. That's right. That's right. We we uh, talked about him coming out of the draft, uh, discussed him as one of the top corners of the draft. Um, I want to say I think his first, his first interception looked like P.I., he grabbed the guy sure. coming out of the route. The rest were great plays. The the second oh, yeah. and the third great plays, and um, he had them on the ropes right away. Uh, it felt I felt bad for the Jaguars. I felt bad for Lawrence. He's finally gotten the game slowing down for him, and they were just bad decisions. Great plays, like I said, by uh, Asante Samuel, and yeah, he he found himself behind the eight ball. But I feel like. Like it was with the Colts game with the Vikings that I watched uh, um, the first half of. Uh, when it, everything goes bad like that, it almost 
relieves you of like, look, we did everything wrong. So if we yeah. can start doing some things right, there's a possibility of turning this thing around. And that's what happened. It, it was interesting because we talked about it last week. Trevor Lawrence did not have a great week 18. Mm-hmm. They won, but it was not on the arm of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he very easily could have lost that game to Josh Dobbs. And in the first half of this, it's like, hey, you know, this is a good Chargers team. You're going to lose to them. That makes sense. The worry was, we were talking to, you know, Engineer Pat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the first half, we're like, ooh, this is going to be a long fucking offseason in Jacksonville. A lot of long one. Because Trevor Lawrence basically say, hey, clutch time, Trevor. Week 18, you didn't look good. Wild card, you looked fucking awful. They would they would certainly start that narrative, but you couldn't go anywhere from him. Oh, he yeah. Was, you got to no, be there, yeah. He'd be the starter, but it'd be one of those uh, lingering doubts. Yes. All of a sudden, in the second half, the man was on fucking <laughs> fire. Mm-hmm. On fire. And the Chargers offense went completely cold. Yeah. Completely cold. I think the Chargers had less than 150 yards for the rest of the game. With these games that do are are comebacks like this and one sided one way and one sided the other way, it can't just be an amazing comeback by the other team. You have to have some just bonehead mistakes and get really conservative when you have the lead to not put this thing away. So it feels almost and I don't want to take anything away from the Jaguars, but it feels almost like the Chargers fumbled this thing away than the uh than the Jaguars won it. Jaguars outright won it kind of thing. Um you had the game chargers and you you played it to not lose in the second half. And that's exactly what it ended up happening. So there was a great point made in that the Chargers have no running game. None whatsoever. Um to start out the third quarter, they had a nine play drive. You know how much time they took off the clock? It's like what, three minutes? Two and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Two and a half minutes on a nine play drive? That's a five at least. You gotta mm-hmm. have five minutes off the clock. At least. That is unfucking acceptable. <laughs> you gotta run the ball a little bit more, but it was either a reception out of bounds or an incomplete pass. That's all it was. You you've got to be able to run the ball. You've got to be able to once you've got a twenty seven to seven lead, that is a three score lead. A three score lead, you run that bitch. You got a two-score lead? I understand. You know, the ball doesn't bounce your way. You got to run. Mm-hmm. You got to just run because every single possession, even if you go nowhere, even if you get nothing done, you need to be taking at least two to four minutes off every single time. You get three possessions in the game, you ate a quarter. Yeah. You know, even if you do nothing but run the ball on three possessions, you eat an entire quarter of football. Jaguars didn't even get your second touchdown of this game until halfway through the third quarter. It was 5-11 left in the third quarter. And oh, yeah. And we 27-14 at that point. And that was answered by the field goal. So the Chargers at one point 30-14 with under three minutes in the third quarter left in this game. And you couldn't. Ah. I love, listen, I love the Jags. I'm going to be a Jags fan probably from this point through the rest of these playoffs, now that my Vikings sure. are out there, they're my team. They're my uh, adopted uh, team here this way. But uh, the Chargers, dude, we're man. right here. Cowboys yes. right here, bro. I, uh, Just say AFC, but join us here on the <laughs> Cowboys true. bandwagon. It's fun. Um, the Chargers, man. I want to say, though, how much I feel, feel for them. Uh, this fan base, too, has been long overdue. And like you said, the Jaguars were the team kind of coming in here playing with house money, the new head coach. The Chargers were the team kind of 
you built for this moment. You were a step away last time. Now you're in here. Uh, you're playing against a team that you sh- could beat, and then you were hanging <laughs> against the ropes early. Oh boy, I've seen. I saw some reaction stuff of Chargers fans from cheering and chanting to just ha- head in hands. And uh, I want to. Th- I'm thankful that I wasn't a Chargers fan this weekend, even though my team lost. Brutal. But this was. Once again, we talk about it. I would rather be blown out than choke. Yes. You know, yes. I would. Oh, oh my God. I would rather be blown out than choke because blown out is like, hey, man, fuck, doors came off this thing real fast. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Choking it away is like, we had the ability, we had a good game plan. What the fuck happened? We got tight. That must have been what it is. Brandon Staley got tight with his play calling. Joe Lombardi got tight with his play calling, and it got him fucking fired as well it should have. Mm-hmm. This offense is so much better in terms of talent than the production they put out on this field. Justin Herbert is maybe, maybe, maybe a top five quarterback in the league. Maybe. Talent-wise, he's right there. He hasn't put it together, and you got to blame that on an offensive coordinator. They've got to get a running game. They've got to get a back that can carry the ball. Austin Eckler is a great third down change of pace guy but you've got to get a pound the rock motherfucker you brought up uh, blaming the offensive coordinator that's exactly what the chargers did they fired joe lombardi i think today or recently here mm-hmm. yeah. um which i'll uh, tell you how that how that meeting went hey brandon oh hey how are you sir hey fire joe lombardi or you're fucking fired too okie yeah. dokie hey joe <laughs> and brandon staley you're right like you said his job was on the and people thought maybe he was even going to be fired after this collapse. Uh, I don't think so now, but apparently him and Joe Lombardi go back a long, long ways. These are friends uh, that one firing the other is happening there. So uh, not lost on these guys. And I think uh, Staley's now is uh, seat can't get no hotter for next season if he does stick around. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, this is also one of those things where it's like, hey, Joe Lombardi, uh, I mean, were you doing a great fucking job here as offensive coordinator for the Chargers? Yeah. Brandon Staley brought you with him. That's the way it goes. And if you if a guy needs you to fall on your fucking sword, mm-hmm. fall on your fucking sword. You'll be fine. You're Vince Lombardi's grandson. You you didn't get this place from talent. You got it from your name. Take your fucking licking, and we'll see you as a quality control coach next year. There's a lot of that in the NFL. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, taking it from your name. Can't think of it. Nepotism. Thank you. Nepotism. Yes. And then finally, um, it could be that uh, Frank Reich takes the offensive coordinator's job if he isn't offered a head coach job. They think that that fit makes sense there. And uh, He's a great offensive coordinator. He's yeah. an excellent QB coach, great offensive coordinator. I think it'd be great. Listen, Frank Reich, when he had fucking Carson Wentz as, a, as the offensive coordinator, made Carson Wentz what he was. When he left, Carson Wentz regressed. Mm-hmm. When he got back uh, <laughs> to the Colts, he was like, hey, this fucking guy's in shambles. There's nothing I can do to help him. <laughs> okay. But Justin Herbert's not in shambles. You know, you can help him take that next step. I think it's a good fit. So uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were patiently waiting for their uh, um, opponent, and that is now the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars at Chiefs. That game kicks off our divisional round on Saturday at uh, 3.30 Central Standard Time. Jacksonville Jaguars, Kansas City Chiefs. I know you're rooting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Row. Jaguar news. Row. But I would be shocked if a rested Kansas City team doesn't take this fucking Jacksonville team apart <laughs> offensively. Jacksonville's defense is pretty good, but, you know, Chargers put 27 on you. I think the Chiefs can do that too. Yeah. So 
I, I think the Kansas City defense is a little bit better than uh, what the Chargers were out there with. Look, uh, Kansas City got themselves in trouble last year uh, with the Bengals because they didn't really take them f- seriously. They kind of played around a little bit. They got jumped up on a couple of touchdowns, and then they decided they didn't need to score right before the half, and they, they played around a little bit. I want to say that most of this team understands that last year and realized that they didn't get back to the big game because of that, and they're not going to mm-hmm. play around with these teams anymore. They're going to they're gonna bury them, so... If if a Chiefs team wants to come out there and you know uh, dance a little bit, then the Jaguars could catch them. Could really you know make them trip up here. But no, I think the Chiefs understand nobody gets a, a, a free pass here, not, especially not divisional round. So um, we get, they got to take the Jaguars seriously, and they will. And they, I got Chiefs win, and I think they win. I don't know the spread or anything, but I bet they win by double uh, digits. I bet they win by like ten to thirteen. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to worry because Trevor Lawrence is fueled by Waffle House. So if this uh, this game <laughs> yeah, gets too Waffle late House. in the night, things could get wild. When I, I was a kid and we traveled to uh, Disney uh, like twice, to trips down from Illinois down to Disney World, and um, the second time I was complaining to the family that we were doing exactly the same stuff. We're staying in the same hotels, we're eating at it the same places. Like this seems boring, and like on the drive back, they're like, "Fine, then we'll stop. We'll stop at Waffle House. We've never eaten there because there's like no Waffle Houses north of the Mason Dixon line, I think." Yeah. <laughs> and that was the first place you ever got stabbed, right? Oh my god, it was disgusting. <laughs> I think as I'm eating breakfast for dinner and swatting flies, I was like, "I don't need to be back here." Yeah. <laughs> I don't Have you ever? Have... Do you remember? Like we both lived in the city as young men. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been back to one of your like favorite youthful restaurants? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. There was a place for those most most people that listen to this live in Chicago. There was a uh, a place on Irving Park. It's the Irving Park Red Line called uh, Los Burritos de Michoacan. Oh, a little like hole in the wall burrito oh, place. My God, I love. I used to just punish burritos from that yep. place. I think I went in there like four years ago. I was like, this is a third world country. <laughs> I was like, I. Don't know how this place not only didn't give me food poisoning, how did it not give me hepatitis? It's fucking <laughs> awful. But I just ordered a burrito and left. Oh, yeah, perfect. Um, all right, so anyway, we both got the Chiefs. To digress, oh, yeah. we both got the, t- the Chiefs on Saturday. <laughs> we let's, both got the Chiefs and diarrhea from <laughs> Los Bonitos de Michoacan. Let's, let's talk about the rest of the games from the AFC. The Bills beat the Dolphins on Sunday at Ooh. noon, uh, 34-31. Yes, tight one even with Skylar Thompson there. Um, what we had is Dolphins uh, played it smart, kicked a bunch of field goals, uh, sacked Josh Allen a bunch, seven sacks in this game. And uh, mistakes were made on both sides of the ball. Uh, turnovers, neither team played a clean game. And the Dolphins uh, found themselves with an ability to kind of come back here. Uh, it was 17-20 Bills at the half after uh, the Bills jumped out to the early lead. And then at one point, Dolphins even took the lead in the second half. It just wasn't going to stick around. Bills Crazy. hold on and take the win. I was shocked, shocked when they took the lead that late in the game. I was like, oh, what the fuck is happening in Miami? Mm-hmm. Um, this This did two things. This made the Miami Dolphins feel a lot better moving forward. Oh, sure. Um, you know, you're thinking to yourself, hey, maybe we get Tua back. Maybe if Tua can't start, we get another, you know, quality quarterback in here. But our team is ready to go. I mean, Christian Wilkins is fucking great. Uh, you know, it's he's fucking solid, man. 
Um, what am I saying? Wilkins for uh, yeah for, for the, the Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins, and um, I mean Jaleen Phillips had himself a good game. You're right. The yeah. defense showed up big. Javon here. Holland was fucking awesome yes. in this game. I mean they they had they had help at every fucking level defensively. Offensively, they two have they still have two of maybe the best wide receivers in the NFL. They have two top ten wide receivers in the NFL. That's insane. Yeah, you know you need a running back. Sure, um, Mike Kosicki is you know establishing himself as a pretty decent tight end option. There's no like really elite tight ends after like two or three guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know Jeff Wilson's not the answer. Skyler Thompson, as a rookie, did great. This kid did great. Uh, had less than 50% passing, but didn't completely choke the fucking game away. I know he threw two interceptions, but uh, only one of them was really bad. Uh, yeah. The other one was just, you know, kind of a forced bad throw. I, Miami was in this fucking thing. That, that, that is crazy. I mean, you can say that comes down to coaching, great game planning, and they had an opportunity right at the end of the game. Um, and I, I will say I appreciate the fact that at fourth and five, they were going for it. They were trying to win this fucking thing. Um at that point, you kind of, you kind of know, uh, you know, it's over. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a great decision to go for it. You, you got to make that decision there, and I, I liked it. If if we look at the scoring summary for this game, the Bills jumped out to the early lead, seventeen nothing. It was touchdown, touchdown. Then the field goal when they couldn't get the last one in, but the Dolphins weren't doing anything on offense, and it looked like it was going to be a long, boring game. Uh, the Dolphins start kicking field goals, and before you know it. They tied this thing 17 all with half a minute left in the first half. And yeah. the Bills went, all right, fine. And like shrugged it off and went down there and kicked a field goal to take the lead at the half. And then the Dolphins get the ball to start the second half, get their touchdown. That's the only time they took the lead. It's like these Bills thought they were going to win this, did not really kick it on until they were forced to. And yeah, almost got caught themselves up in a little trap game there. But lucky to them they didn't because you know what you're not going to be able to play a game like this the rest of the way if you want to no. be that team of destiny that teams say you are this Dolphins team was playing their third string quarterback there's no looking around that and you you let them you, you they you played around with them a little too long there yeah you ain't you ain't playing Skylar Thompson again not the rest of the way nope nope you, you got Joe Burrow and then either Former number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence or former league MVP Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. The quarterback play does not get easier than you just had. So this is a great wake-up call for the Bills. I honestly think that's what this was. It's a divisional opponent still. Division True. games are always tough and weird, but it's a wake-up call. Get your shit right, Buffalo. Uh, Ed Oliver had a great game. I love when Ed Oliver's uh, productive. Makes me feel better about the pick. Even mm-hmm. though he hasn't made a Pro Bowl yet, I don't get it. Um <laughs> But yeah, this this is a Buffalo team that is loaded with weapons but needs better focus. You know, they should have throttled this Dolphins team and they just let it get away. Okay, coaching positions, as we talked about, I mean, it gets to your heart, gets to things like that. It, it, it could be a stressful job. So do we think that's what Mike McDaniel was doing there on the sidelines, sneaking in that vape, or what was he doing? <laughs> Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> taking rips, just ripping, ripping <laughs> that vape pen. He's like, I can't play these bills for a fourth time this season. This is too much. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. I mean, that's all you can do. I mean, Mike McDaniels has always been kind of a weird guy. He's a weird. I mean, we've guy. talked about it, but yeah. uh, you know, he made the playoffs, and that's that's. If you're in Miami, there's not a lot of hate going on for the coaching staff. You're just kind of hoping Tua gets back. It was a successful year, I think. Yeah, for the Dolphins. Um, 
I thought I had them as a bubble playoff team. They were the seventh seed bubble playoff team of this year, but it was a there was some times where they were one of the best teams in the league. So yeah, injuries certainly didn't help along the way, and they were a better uh, better team than uh, than they were last year. So they're they're trending. Um, Ravens Bengals. Uh, uh, Bills will play the R- Bengals next week because they took care of the Ravens, seventeen to twenty four. Again, another game that we probably thought was going to be a little bit f- not as close <laughs> as it was. Divisional, um, divisional uh, matchups. Yes, divisional matchups. These things, as again, the third time the Bengals and the Ravens have matched up. Huntley got the start. Uh, he was banged up, but he played great. Honestly, two touchdowns, one pick. Dobbins uh, has gotten better since he's gotten healthy, but um, it was a uh, Bengals team that took the lead. The Ravens team hung around. Um, and then it all changed when it was 17 on the fourth quarter, Huntley with the long drive or the long run, sorry, to get it to the goal line. And when you have those long plays and you don't get it in, you wonder, is something going to happen at this goal line? And sure enough, as Huntley's jumping up over it, gets smacked out of his hands right into Hubbard's hands. And that guy takes it all the way back with 98 yards for that touchdown. At that point, I mean, and that was early fourth quarter, but it was the backbreaker as it turned out to be. Well, it's a 14-point swing. It's a 14-point swing. You basically say, not only do you not get seven, they get seven. Mm. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it was... And you could tell. Baltimore was flat for the rest of the game. Like, I think if Baltimore scores there, this is maybe a slugfest for the rest of the fourth quarter. You know, and both teams are, like, taking shots, and I like it. But... As of that point, as soon as Sam Hubbard crossed the goal line, Buffalo was decimated. They could, or sorry, Baltimore was decimated. They couldn't get anything going for the rest of the game. Uh, Huntley was shot. J.K. Dobbins at the end of the game was like, "That should have been me. That should have been me." Mm-hmm. Uh, I disagree. That absolutely should have been Huntley. You know, you want to inspire some confidence in the team. If you do wind up beating the Bengals, you're going to need Tyler Huntley next week, um, and you want him to be confident. So. Um, yeah, he comported himself well. He made a lot of money as a backup in this game. I will say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this Baltimore team was not is missing an ingredient. You know, they were missing Lamar. They were missing that extra gear. Um, but I think they're a definitely dangerous team next year. You you can't worry about having a Jim Harbaugh led team losing to John. Joe fucking Burrow. Sorry, yeah. John Harbaugh uh, losing to Joe Burrow in a divisional game on the road. This was all you could expect from Baltimore. And I actually thought they exceeded expectations. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, again, we talked about Lamar Jackson and being injured here and, and him, his injury that lasted. This was the sixth game uh, that he didn't play. Uh, when it went down there, they were saying one to three weeks. But again, that's a, a guess. And from what I've heard from uh, players and a lot of people saying Lamar probably picked the right choice here and not playing, especially mm. like RG3 going to his uh, defense there. He's like, from a guy who played with no MCL, PCL, yeah. you shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> He's like, I cost myself a lot of money. Yeah, and Lamar's sitting on trying to make all that money. So I, I kind of get that. Uh, no traveling. No traveling with the team to Cincinnati. Kind of. I don't know uh, the the taste that puts in my. I mean, he's not even around, so I don't know the 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 connect right now he has with this organization. 
I mean, I also get that. You don't want them to just constantly be shooting, and there he is on the sideline, just sitting there on the fucking sideline. Yeah, yeah that's true, too. You know, I get it. If you're not going to play, why do you need to travel? You know, just stay in Baltimore and get your fucking therapy. Um, it's a playoff I, game. I you want to you cheer your team on, be there with you're the boys. You're not suiting up. You're, you're not, not suiting, suiting up. up. Don't be a distraction. You know, yeah. let Tyler take it the rest of the way. I think it makes sense. I, I get it. I mean, you can cut it both ways. If you're a leader on the team, you want to be there. But also, you ain't under contract next year. Yeah. Uh, Ravens, though, still had chances late in this game. They were passing it into the end zone at the end of this game. So there was a chance, but uh, it, it didn't work out. Um, amazingly, that um, Bengals held to just 24 points here, and it was enough. Uh, but the Ravens, yeah, obviously missing some things on offense. Joe, Joe Burrow now becomes the uh, Bengals' uh, win record for most playoff wins as a QB. That's that insane. Quick. <laughs> Boomer Esiason yeah. and shambles. Um, Joe Burrow also has a lot to worry about in that reconstructed offensive line is decimated. He's been getting sacked. I mean, we talked about this last year, though, in the playoffs. It's like, can Joe Burrow keep getting sacked this much and still win? And it was like, well, he can get pretty close to winning it all. <laughs> but the difference is those were his starters – getting him sacked now his starters are hurt you know jonah williams is going to be out for an unforeseen amount of time i don't know when lael collins gets back um and i think he's missing a guard you know so he's basically three-fifths of his offensive line is injured um that's not great backup offensive linemen i don't know if you know this scott as a vikings fan they're generally not fantastic yeah uh they're generally backups for a reason so, you know, this worries me for Joe Burrow going up against a really pressure-heavy front um, with the Buffalo Bills. But, you know, well, such is life. <laughs> Let's talk about that game. Cincinnati Bengals at Buffalo Bills. That is Sunday at 2 o'clock. Um, might be the most excited for this one out of all of them this uh, this weekend. Um, now, both these this game is played in Buffalo. It's not at a neutral site. This will be in Buffalo because... Because both these teams played, quote, the same amount of games, technically, you know, the regular True. season. So the normal records just apply. Not a win record, not a uh, if-then or coin toss thing. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Dan? Because technically, if we had that Monday night game, Bengals won it, then who's to say where this this game probably be played in Cincinnati then, yeah. Well, I mean, you have to think, right? It, it'd be one thing if this game was canceled when the Bengals had like a two-touchdown lead. You know, you could make an argument. Yeah. It was very early on in that game when this thing got canceled. I think it makes total sense. I get it. Um, I get it. I, there's no reason to punish you. Like, you would have to actively be punishing Buffalo. The only thing I could say is this game also could have been played at a neutral site. That's the argument, yes, the neutral site. Um, but it's also not the AFC championship game. You know, you don't mm-hmm. you don't want to – you don't mind having a little bit of taint on the divisional round. You don't want to have taint on the championship round. Okay, um, yeah. So I get this. I, I totally get it. Um, and, yeah, it, basically what you're saying is for this to be a neutral site, you would have to say we anticipate that Cincinnati would have won that game. That's basically what you're saying is neutral, we anticipate yeah. that Cincinnati would have won that game. Well, okay, so, and I agree with you. Um, I'm not looking into the terms of it being seven to three, or you know, Cincinnati started that game so much quick. You know, it's almost as if you're right. That game never happened because look at what happened to the Chargers and Jaguars. The beginning of games mm-hmm. do, sometimes don't matter. Um, 
you're right. If you if the Bills won it, same kind of setup. In fact, Buffalo would maybe be tied with the. I don't know the whole first round thing. If the um, Bengals win it, then yeah, this gets flipped. So well, if if Buffalo had beaten Cincinnati, Buffalo would be the number one seed. Yeah, and they'd be playing. Yeah, so they wouldn't even and, be. And if Cincinnati had beaten Buffalo, Buffalo would have been the number three seed, and Cincinnati would have been the number two. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that would have been the flip. So if Cincinnati won, this game would have been played in Cincinnati, but it would have been the same matchup. Oh, so, and you're right, too. The NFL can't pick up and move these games every weekend. There's probably a lot of uh, issues with that. So this Atlanta thing on the championship week is probably the best they can do. It's not a great situation. And, yes, Cincinnati, maybe in the long run, you kind of got screwed over for this one particular game. Sure. But I still think in the long run, yeah, Buffalo losing out on a bye week and perhaps home field throughout is also a big old uh, screw, too. So, I love the old expression, you know it's a good deal when everybody's a little unhappy. That's right, yeah. Uh, so here we are, Cincinnati at Buffalo. Um, who do you think takes this one, Dan? Buffalo, 100%. The mm-hmm. pressure Buffalo is getting against Skylar Thompson, Jalen Phillips coming on, feeling good. Oh, sorry, no, that was down in Miami. Um <laughs> I'm thinking the other 15 that played for Miami in... Uh, oh, yeah, oh, Rousseau. Yeah, Gregory Rousseau. Yeah. Rousseau, Oliver, Matt Milano, Terrell Edmonds. This was a really, really good front seven for Buffalo. With Cincinnati missing all of those starters on the offensive line, I think that's the difference. I just don't think Burrow is going to have the time that he needs to make this happen. Um, and, they'll, you know, if they got guys keying in on Joe Mixon, I, I think this is a tough... Hall for Buffalo. Uh, sorry, I think this is a tough haul for Cincinnati to actually win this game on the road. Yeah, I'm um, ready to see a nice slugfest back and forth. I think by the end, these quarterbacks are going to be, uh, you know, really um, putting their A games on display for everybody. So I like Buffalo at home, I think, is the big difference here. And then I, I just, I was picking Buffalo in that Monday night one too. I do think they might have the, uh, the talent bump just a little bit here when it comes in terms of the full uh, the full team. But, um, yeah, Cincinnati could easily take this one, and they could be right back in the AFC Championship game again. So we'll see uh, what happens this week. But I think Buffalo makes that triumphant return, and I think they win this one. Um, we didn't talk too much about heading into the playoffs what we thought the, uh, the, the matchup of the Super Bowl was going to be. In my mind, I, I feel like it was like Bills and 49ers. It's probably well, what fuck I was you, thinking. Scott. <laughs> Listen, we're gonna you get could, to. How you could pick it. either one of our teams. You I could chose have. not to. Oh no! I Why don't. are you the way that you are? There's no way I was like, expecting them. I told you how nervous I was about that one, and, and we'll talk about then it. Then pick Dallas. <laughs> I, I'm not picking who I thought. I'm not picking who I wish was gonna make it, and even then, I wouldn't have picked Dallas. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, you got no horse in that game. Yeah, where the where the smart money is. Um, take it from the man who won and picks. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's take a break because we just reached the end of the AFC, and when we return, we got just the NFC games left to pick and talk about. So we will take a quick break and return. This is. Uh,
Hey everybody, thank you so much for sticking it right here. Uh, we've returned from our break, and we were in the postseason. So there is no more two-minute, no offense, we have retired it for till, till uh, next year. Although um, Seattle made us think about it. Oh, and I'd love to put this next game into the two-minute, no offense, Dan. Giants 31, Vikings 24. <laughs> no, we're going to start here. Um, listen, uh, obviously I watched the whole thing. It was a one-score game that did not go the Vikings way finally we could have called that by the way yeah the NFL there's this concept of the NFL script writers sure of course the Vikings would have the record that they have in one score games and then in the playoffs lose a fucking one score yeah. game it just of not course that way. yeah um was nervous in this one heading into it because uh the one actually week that we missed was uh after the Vikings did beat the Giants uh right before Christmas uh, or Christmas Eve or whatever that game um it was a tight one. It was a tight one when they played it just a few weeks back. Uh, a couple of big turnovers at, on Giants drives. A lot of Giants drives uh, ending in field goals and things like that that game. That didn't happen on Sunday. No, the Giants' offense played a nearly flawless game, and that was due to the Vikings' defense really having a piss-poor uh, outing in this one. Um, forced two punts. Uh, one of them late with a sack, and then the second one due to just a straight-up drop by Darius Slayton. Uh, late in the game, that actually gave the Vikings some some life there in there. But uh, they, other than those, the uh, Giants just kept scoring, and mostly touchdowns. Um, they did score one field goal in that point, too, but Vikings' uh, offense didn't slow down too much they had a couple of punts early to get them behind the ball there it was uh, 17 to 7 at one point but they can't they, they wiped that deficit away they wiped a 24 17 deficit away and then every time they did the giants answered it and retook back the lead so um this one was tough to watch uh but i gotta get you know you gotta give it up to daniel jones who ran all over us too yeah, I knew going into it that I didn't think the Vikings had an answer for a mobile quarterback that just ran an option like that. It's it's interesting because this game, we talk about body blows, right? We've talked about oh, yeah, that yeah, before. Yeah. First drive, 85 yards for the Giants. Oh, Second yeah. drive, 81. Third drive, 90. At that point, your defense is fucking toast. And the fact that the you know the Vikings started out with a touchdown, they started the game with a touchdown. What Our else first could drive, you ask for? Vikings first drive took uh, half the first quarter off too. Oh, it was great. So, I I was looking at that. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be a great Vikings game. I'm not gonna have to hear about the Giants ever again. <laughs> um, Kirk Cousins had a great game. I don't want anything pulled away from that. The whole it, listen, everybody has their uh narratives and they want to push those and the whole Kirk Cousins can't win the the big games, can't win the primetime thing. I felt like he was most of the reason why the Vikings were in this game. Um, Dalvin Cook disappeared again. He did not have a very good game. And Kirk kept throwing, you know, he, he threw two touchdowns and ran one in. So he had a total of three for himself. Um, there were some passes that maybe weren't on the, the one right before the short one on fourth down, which has been, magnified in this one um why you throw it that short on a fourth and whatever i would agree with you i think the other th- option though on that play was probably just chucking into somebody that's double covered and it yeah. not completing and i don't know if you know you get chastised for that too uh hawkinson did break some of those tackles he's done yeah. it 
before. So you, you feed your you hot hand. He's a big it. boy. You complete the pass and you give someone a chance and and then he, and Kirk gets blamed. I don't really care about that. I don't care for that too much. It, um, you know what I think it was? I think it was uh, that one play where Kirk Cousins allowed a 21-play 11-minute drive <laughs> in the middle of the second quarter. Right. I think that was where Kirk Cousins lost you the game was when he played every position on defense and allowed a 21-play 11-minute drive. Uh, they put Kirk Cousins on that Isaiah Hodgins and, and one-on-one. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Isaiah Hodgins in two games <laughs> really? has just devoured the Vikings. Uh, in this one, he had 105 and a touchdown. And, yeah, what a player he's been for them. Uh, Great pick least up. in the games that I've seen him play. Um, but, yeah, this one was a rough one because, I don't, well, uh, for an, a, a full uh, stat, the Vikings now extend their lead for the most playoff losses in the NFL with 31. That's Oy. the franchise record. Uh, the Cowboys, your your Cowboys are currently in second place at 29. Hey, we were next year's champion for a long time. Let's hope it stays at 29. Well, and what's weird is you guys have the most playoff road wins of all time at 14 now, ahead of the Ravens and Packers by one due to your guys' win. Hey, I'll take I'll, <laughs> Let's improve one category and hold the other one. There you go. For at least a couple more weeks. Um. Yeah. Uh, what else about this Giants Vikings game? Um, oh, the the refs. Okay. So here's something. Uh, everybody is giving crap about the roughing the passer call that Kirk Cousins got that barely gave the you know it, it let the Vikings start that last drive. Um, Dexter Lawrence, who had a uh, wrecking uh, of a game, like just tore through our line constantly. Um, kind of swiped at his head and barely touched his helmet. And they threw the flag on that. Sure, and yeah, you probably shouldn't have, and it was a touchy call. When, when are they not touchy calls with rough and passer? <laughs> Watch some more of those hits that Kirk Cousins took, because maybe most of them were legal, but the guy was getting beat up all game long. Kept getting up. Um, what I had a little problem with was Giants' second touchdown when they took the lead 14-7. to Their left tackle, Andrew Thomas, was in the backfield by a good five feet before that ball got snapped. You watch that play. I, I don't know. I saw it. I listened to the radio call because I'm that much of a Vikings fan. Everybody was going, well, there's a false start. I guess it's not called. Touchdown. And it's just so defeating when you see that. So easily, so easily. Yeah. Uh, ahead of it and they don't call it on the the play and it's like all right giants fans or whatever on a winning effort you want to get bent out of shape about the the roughing the passer call just look at touchdown number two that's all i'm saying i don't think that was the deciding factor in touchdown number two no it was an early it was early in this game and the vikings could have done something to fix it that's true that's true i have to give you that I, I think, yeah, there were a couple ticky-tack. I mean, Joey Bosa, we didn't even talk about it. Joey Bosa had a ref track him down to throw a flag at him. Yeah, no, Joey Bosa has himself a argument there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty bullshit. It's like, you know, this isn't, you're not a fucking umpire in the MLB. You don't chase a guy down and get in his face. Uh, I thought that was kind of unacceptable, but by that point, the charges were imploding, so whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't know how you improve the Vikings, though. That's the hard thing. Is like oh, Kevin yeah, O'Connell right. called a pretty good game. Called a pretty good game. You need to get rid of Ed Donatel. This defense did not look good, but it's not like full of corpses. You know, well, there's there's some good players here. You just need a little infusion of youth and speed. 
to quickly talk about my Vikings and their future. Yeah, the uh, the defense is. I don't know. I Ed Donatel might be the the blame. You also though in I think he inherited a lot of that defense. Oh yeah. Um, the stars he certainly did, and I think that's the next step is. What do you do with them? What are we going to be doing with the aging Harrison Smith and Eric Pat Kendricks? Pete. and pa- Yeah, Patrick Peterson's probably done. Um, uh, Daniil Hunter in that contract, like, did it ever work of him rushing from standing up? He kind of disappeared. Uh, Zadarius Smith disappeared the second half of the season, honestly. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I Maybe Donatel tried a bunch of different things and didn't have the right personnel. Maybe the personnel didn't pick up the stuff right away. Uh, I I can't, I wasn't in, you know, the meetings. I don't know who wasn't in the right spot at times, but good God. Yeah, there, I, Kurt Warner said it after this game goes, I think there were cornerbacks and safeties who thought they were running man when it was zone and vice versa in this game. And you can't do that. You can't do that in a playoff game. So uh, hopefully that gets fixed. I don't know how you do it with four, maybe five draft picks right now on the books coming in, but uh, you cut some people, and Quasey's going to really have himself a busy offseason, I think, at least uh, fixing that defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys do still have some cap room. No, you know, it's, well, we're going to make need to make some cap room. I think we're estimated $8 million over. I mean, that's going to go away. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, I mean, the cap. all you have to do is extend Kirk. <laughs> He's not the problem. Yeah, the cap. You can do what you want with the cap. It does feel like that. Yeah, those you're, are the, so for 2023, you are 13 million over right now. Okay, but you've also got a 36 million dollar cap hit with Kirk Cousins. That can definitely be spread apart. Hey, Adam Thielen might be gone. Yeah, I, I feel like Thielen's the Thielen's yeah. the guy that's either taking a pay cut. That's a 20 million dollar cap hit. He ain't worth that. No, no. Um, no. And Brian O'Neill's going to restructure Harrison Smith. That's Zadarius yeah. Smith, you're kind of locked into that, but Harrison Smith might be a fucking casualty here. Yeah. Uh, well, so we'll wait and see. Uh, but the New York Giants, they get the number one seed Philadelphia Eagles then. Uh, Saturday night is this one. It kicks off at 7.15 Central Standard Time. New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, take three. Uh, what do you think of this one, Dan? I refer to these games as my suitcase nuke games. <laughs> That's right. You do? Yep. And, uh, man... I don't care who wins this game, but I hope everybody gets at least a little hurt. That's all I want <laughs> because I know that if the, either one of these, if if the Cowboys lose to the 49ers, I'm not rooting for either of these motherfuckers in the NFC Championship game. I can't do it. I just can't bring myself to do it. So I hope, I hope for my own sake and for the matchup's sake, I hope that the Giants sneak one out against these Eagles that are too rested, not hitting on all cylinders. I hope that's the way that it goes. Um, failing that, I hope the Eagles win and Jalen Hurts is grievously injured um, <laughs> in a way that he can recover from. You know, just like I hope he has like a real wicked case of the poops, <laughs> you know, where he's like somebody hits him in the tummy and he's like, oh, I can't stop pooping and he can't play the next game. That's what I hope. <laughs> and I hope it goes away. Um, Nothing, nothing to his like knee or heart or head, sure. uh, but you know, get a bad case of the poops. I, I think the Eagles will win it. I think they're a more talented team. I think Daniel Jones will not be able to run the way he did against this Vikings team um, because the Vikings couldn't really get pressure with four. The Eagles can get pressure with four, mm-hmm. so I think that's going to be the difference. Yeah, uh, 
If I'm the Eagles, if I'm the Eagles fans, I'm a little nervous about how I haven't seen them play their best stuff in maybe a month or so. Uh, how the backup Giants players who had nothing to play for almost came back and snatched us when we were playing a lot of starters trying to get that number one seed sewn up. You know, all that stuff. The Niners could have taken it from us that last week if the Giants did have their way or if the Giants even played their starters. Who's to say? So I'd be a little sweating that somewhat. But if the Eagles um, kept some things under under their hat uh, from week 18, then they'll be fine here. Because, yeah, I think that they have the ability to outscore the Giants without with some ease and that the uh, Giants' offense isn't going to probably put up another 30-some game this weekend. So I, I like Eagles, too. I think the Eagles have a better team. But, it, yeah, I, I think it could be very tight. It's a divisional game, and, again, these get weird. And when you have a divisional game this late in the divisional round, uh, it's good teams that have got coaching that's working this year that have seen it. They've seen all yeah. of it. There's no surprises anymore. It's, I've seen, I think you know what I know, what you know I'm going to do. <laughs> you know that I know that I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that because you think and I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm not and I know that. you know I know I don't. That's right. Let's talk about your Cowboys win. Dan, congrats. 31 to 14. Uh, for me, Wasn't this that was, close? Yeah. No, for me, this was the yawn of the, the weekend. Um, I had a great time. Prescott threw four touchdowns and ran one in. Jesus. And looked fucking great. Well, everybody said he had to. So he was like, all right, fine. I guess I will. Well, Um, can everybody say that he has to this week, too? That'd be great. (laughs) Yeah, it seems (laughs) to be. you also have to this week. Uh, this game, yeah, they were eight up 18 and nothing at halftime, but such a weird number, 18. How Mm. does one. How does one get to that, Dan? Uh, one contracts a fatal case of the yips. That's how it happens. And that's, the, I guess, the storyline of this game, really. It's the only storyline of the whole game. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it's not Tom Brady's early exit from the playoffs. It's just Brett Maher couldn't kick extra points. Yeah, it's not, oh, the Cowboys basically put 35. Yeah. Like When we think 35, that's basically what happened. We put 35 on them. They scored a garbage-time touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like... This was a ass kicking that the Cowboys put on a division champion Tom Brady led team. I know it was the NFC South, but you know, let me have this. Uh, this was an ass whooping, an ass whooping. And instead, all we can talk about is the fact that our our <laughs> kicker missed four consecutive extra points in this game, making it five consecutive missed extra points oh, no. going back to Week 18. I didn't know he missed the last one in Week 18 too. But um, yeah, but he kicked the last one. He because did, you'll he notice made. this was not thirty to fourteen. This was thirty-one to fourteen. <laughs> he did so, make the one in the fourth quarter. Yeah, on our to fifth touchdown, he finally nailed it. Cowboys fans, and um, hilariously, he yeah. he did that on a game. Where it was like, all right, it's fourth down. Do we bring in Brett Maher? Mike McCarthy's like, get the fuck off the field. Brett Maher was literally walking out of the field, and McCarthy's like, get the fuck off the field. We're going for it. And uh, it resulted in a touchdown, and he's like, all right, now you can kick the extra point, you fuck. Yeah, I, um, so did you, did it bother you at all, Maher missing these kicks, even though you guys were, were running up and down the field on the Buccaneers at the time? The the first one didn't bother me. The second one didn't bother me. 
the third one made me go, that's a tu- that's a fucking field goal we just lost. Yeah. Like yeah. He, we go. just shanked easy field goals. Like that's what it at that point it felt like we missed a fucking gimme field goal. Okay. And I was like, ooh, we're playing Tom Brady. I hope this doesn't come back to bite us in the ass. When he missed the fourth one, I was like, this shit's hilarious. Yes. Like, because yes. when he missed the fourth one, we were already fucking him. You know, we were we were kicking <laughs> the shit out of the dudes. It was like it was twenty four to nothing. That's I was what, like, okay. Yeah. At this point, even if the fucking Buccaneers come back, it's not on Brett Maher. It's on it's on us blowing a twenty four to nothing lead. What the fuck? So I was like, this is just kind of funny. It almost feels like we're fucking with him. I thought that too. I think uh, it reminded me of so the awful Cody Parkey season for the Bears when he hit the double doink to lose it in the playoffs. He had that game against, I think it was the Lions earlier in the season where he hit the upright like three or four times and everybody's like, "Uh uh-oh, thing to come. It just reminds me of that. Now, is it something to come? Is it... You know, it the double dunk a... was a deflection, by the way. We they proved it. He, oh, yeah, yeah, there yeah. was actually a Somebody fucking player got his hand on it. Yeah, and I don't blame Code Park. I mean, kickers. This is a weird breed. It's a weird thing. I can tell you yeah. that too. Um, but uh, I agree with Mike McCarthy here. It like you were saying too. It's a yips and in a playoff scenario. I don't think you can change it now. You you go with what you got. You go with him moving forward. Obviously, it's going to be talked about and. You know, yeah. honed in on during that game against the Niners, but you, you and get, also, what the fuck else are you gonna do? Right. You know, it's not like the fucking Ravens are releasing Justin Tucker this week. No, there's no better you know? situation waiting in the wings. Yeah, I mean, Brett Maher has had Maher has had a great season. Mm-hmm. He's had a great season. He had a bad game, and I thought Dak Prescott said it real well. He goes, "I had a pretty shitty week 18." Yeah. I had a pretty now, shitty week 18. He I got said, it back together. He said that, but I think the cameras caught him after the third miss, tossing his camera, or his helmet to the ground. Oh, sure. Screaming. I mean, that's... I mean, we've all had... We've all had... Co- you and I have done improv scenes together, right? Yeah, we've yeah. we've improvised. There's been some times where we've improvised, and we like each other, we're friends, and if you miss a fucking read, <laughs> and you make a bad fucking joke, I'm like, dude, come on. What the fuck? You know, and we're doing that. That happening. We're doing. (laughs) Well, not you. I'm saying me. (laughs) When you're like, come on, man, come on. But you're you're rooting for the guy. He's your teammate. But you're like, come on, man, don't blow four fucking points out the window. Yeah. You know, get your shit right. But I'm very glad he got that fifth one in and was able to get that one through the uprights. That was important. There you go. Uh, Cowboys now one in seven all time against Tom Brady. If this is Tom Brady's last season, then you, you snuck it. Better be you snuck it in there and grabbed that that win before he left. Um, I don't know. He is now an unrestricted free agent at the age of forty five. Yeah, which means he should be super fucking retired. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you. And if, the crazy if, thing is, it, it, this is the place where he wants to go. The Forty ers are like fucking with him, where they're like. Hey, we got Trey Lance. Uh, that's probably not working yeah. out. Hey, we got Jimmy G. Got an injury. Uh, hey, we got this fucking seventh round draft pick that's going to carry us. No, fuck you. He's amazing, Tom. We don't need you yeah. anymore. We got yeah. Bra- we got Big Cock Brock. Um, but let's put yourself in a situation uh, that you're a, a team that you think you're a quarterback away, and do you want Tom Brady, the hired gun at 45 years old, who maybe will take a contract that's a little more team friendly to win now because he thinks you're there too or 
do you spend the money on Lamar Jackson for five years, pay him the max whatever highest paid quarterback ever because he's Lamar Jackson? What would you rather do? You can't get Lamar Jackson. He's going to get franchised at worst. Yeah. He's going to get franchised. He's going to get franchised. That's true. Okay, well, let's talk about what do they franchise and trade? And you're trading him and you get him for a couple of first-round picks and that money. No, I, I'm not giving up. <laughs> I, I don't want to give up. Uh, Very much for Lamar. Yeah. It, it'd be one thing if they're like, hey, we'll just give you Lamar straight up. And be like, oh, okay, shit, I'll take Lamar. Um, but Tom Brady's 46. Him, right? He's 46. I mean, you could tell the arm is leaving him. You know, yeah. the arm is leaving him. In the second half of this season, it was pretty apparent that his arm was not what it was. And I was surprised at how sharp it was two years ago. I was surprised how strong his well, fucking arm was. It, but it, it's it's weakening. It probably weakened on uh, Monday night because he threw it 66 times. He came yeah. up, up upon the record, I guess, of uh, throws in a game. I mean, that's nuts to ask the old too man much. to throw it that many times. Yeah, far, far too much. Um, anything more in this game? When was the last time you saw the Cowboys? Your Cowboys win a playoff game. What, what does this take you back to? Oh, the Lions? Well, been, yeah, that's years right. ago. It wasn't too long ago. Yeah, was Dak I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't a fetus. Yeah. You know, know, it's Dak won one, Tony won one. Um, but that's all they this did. Dak they second. just won the one. This is Dak's second. Yeah. Um, it's hard to win in the playoffs, man. It's oh, fucking yeah. hard. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen. You get like two shots at it a year, maybe, you know? Let's it's then wrap to have it a winning up record. with uh, the 49ers beating the Seahawks. 41-23. Uh, but again, this one was tight. It was 17-16 at half. Seahawks with the lead. Every team that lost this week uh, had a lead at some point, except for the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, every team this week had a lead in the second half, except for the Buccaneers and the Vikings. At least tied, except for the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Why, so there you go. There's there's where you say it's a tight one. But yeah, the Niners pulled away in this one because 41 to 23 after the 17 16 at the half. Um, I think the turning point was the strip sack. You had a nice long drive. Gino was moving down the field in the start of the third quarter. Well, it's third quarter. And uh, they smacked that ball out of his hands. Um, Niners took it down for a touchdown after that. And they just didn't, didn't slow down from there. No. And I agree with you. I think once that happened, we talk about those swings, right? What yeah. are the what are the swings in the game? That was almost a, if not fourteen point, ten point. If they were going to kick yeah. a field goal from there, yeah, it's it's like if you're face when you talk about boxing all the time. It's like if you're facing a boxer with a crazy good reach, you got to stay close. You've mm-hmm. got to stay close because if you don't stay close, he's going to knock you the fuck out. And you won't get back in there. Um, and I think that's what happened. Um, during that fumble is like, oh, that backed up the Seahawks, and then the fucking Niners just started wailing on them. Um, and at that point, it was it was over. I mean, the the Niners are just so talented; they're just too talented. Purdy um, again, even with Brickcock Brock not making ba- not making bad decisions. Yeah, three thirty two, three touchdowns, and he ran one in. Uh, he's not turning the ball over. He's not putting him in a tough no. spot. Uh, getting the ball to Debo, who just outruns everybody. Um, they survive kicking four field goals. Uh, instead of scoring touchdowns in this one because they just come right back down there. I mean, they do plenty of the points. Uh, and even though DK Metcalf had himself a her- Herculean effort uh, in this game, 10 for 136, two touchdowns, was trying to do it all himself, uh, Seahawks going to need a little bit more to, to come back next year. I mean, they might they might actually have a top five pick. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Which... 
And they got you a know, lot of rookies I, that did well this year too. So we talk about happy off seasons or sad off seasons. Seahawks are moving into a happy off season. You know, they're basically saying, "Hey, this Geno guy might be the thing." We got DK. Things are looking pretty good for DK. I mean, you got him on a three-year extension. He's paid. He's happy. Um, there's not a lot of discord up in Seattle anymore, man. You're going to add a top five. You're going to add an impact player to this offense or this defense. Um, and I, I think that puts you over the hump a little bit. It, it probably puts you into division contention rather than wild card contention, um, as long as Geno Smith can stay flat. And I was talking about this with somebody. Think about the junk-ass quarterbacks that Pete Carroll has had throughout his career. Mm. Junk. Fucking junk. Trash. That he has turned into fucking winners. I'm going to go through a list of names real quick. Matt Ryan. Oh, sorry. Matt Leinart. Matt Leinart. Junk. Great in college, but why? Pete Carroll. John David Booty. Great in college. Junk in the NFL. You're starting with USC. You're not going like uh, Bledsoe in New England? <laughs> no, I can't, I can't give him Bledsoe. Bledsoe yeah, was Bledsoe already was established. Good. Yeah. Um, you've got um, Mark Sanchez. Fucking yeah. junk. Carson Palmer is probably the best of the bunch that he had. Mm. Tavares Jackson. Yeah. Tavares fucking Jackson. Uh, uh, may he rest in peace. Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he died. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't. But um, you know what? Listen, dying didn't make him a better quarterback. He right, was not right, very right, good. Right, right. There has been straight up fucking junk. And all of a sudden he's got Russell Wilson. We think, oh, that's the outlier. No, no. That's the rule. <laughs> he turns minimum talent fucking guys into great talents. And then when they leave, they get exposed across the board. Every single guy he had but Carson Palmer eventually got exposed as a fucking just a guy yeah. and that's what's happening to russell wilson and now geno smith looks like the second coming of christ or the second coming of war and moon at least yeah and though yeah they're in a uh neat situation where if they want a qb they could do some wheeling and dealing to get themselves one in the draft so they got some the deciding factors to make here do the seattle seahawks i'm very curious to see what they do uh, let's wrap up, though, this season and talk about your Dallas Cowboys game. They're playing at San Francisco. They're going to Santa Clara on uh, Sunday at uh, 5.30 kickoff our time. It's a little bit later in the in the afternoon here for this one. Here's what I want. I want Micah Parsons to make himself a legend. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want in this game for him to just go, hey, I'm lining up against Mike McGlinchey all game or Trent Williams. If you want to make it a more difficult situation for yourself, I'm lining up against him all game. I'm rushing all the fucking time. I'm getting to Brock Purdy. I'm going to force him to make a mistake because I think the Cowboys offense is good enough to keep the cow, the 49ers defense off balance. If we call a good game, but that's the difference. You cannot let Brock Purdy get comfortable because he he doesn't seem to make mistakes. I got to give him credit for that. You waiting, yeah, waiting for this rookie QB to 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 screw up, uh, for the uh, spotlight to be too big for him, and maybe that's to come here because the playoffs are just going to get bigger as they go. But he hasn't shown it yet. Here's where I'm, why I think the Niners are the team to beat in the NFC. Uh, they're on an 11 game win streak where their average margin of victory during this time has been 16 points. So they're winning, but they're beating everybody by a bunch here um 
I mean, you want to talk about you know, the Vikings and the way they got there with all those one-score wins. Those were a blast to watch. They were exciting to the end. Uh, but the really good teams just put some those bad teams away, just put some teams away on random days. And I've seen that from the Niners. Now the Cowboys did it too. Heck, they did it to my Vikings. So they have the ability to do it. So these are two good teams matching up against each other this week. But we're in San Francisco it is a uh, a travel out there. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of Cowboys fans around there, but, man, uh, good luck. It's going to be an uphill battle, I think, in Santa Clara with those little dump-offs going to Christian McCaffrey where no one can catch him. <laughs> I mean, Parsons is very fast, but if he's r- rushing the QB, I don't know who's going to go catch this guy. Leighton fucking Vander That's who's <laughs> going to do it. And Anthony Barr, get yeah. We have pretty decent pursuit linebackers down in Dallas. Um, I don't think any of them are, can take Christian McCaffrey one-on-one in a passing situation. Mm. But, yeah, we got some thumpers there. Good luck, man. Good luck to you. Uh, so uh, that's the games for uh, Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, the divisional round coming up. And that was what just happened in the wild card round. Um, my season has come to an end. It sucks, but uh, – I am looking forward to uh, many seasons to come where the Vikings and the Lions are chasing for that NFC North crown. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but that's what we have for this week, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Dan's uh, Super Bowl hopes are still alive, so you guys want to come back and at least listen for that. Um, You've you've listened to me lament. You you sick, sick folks. (laughs) But there you are. (laughs) You've heard it. Um, I've got a, a slew of crazy stats before we leave, though, Dan. Oh, please. So here's uh, what I got. For the first time since the uh, realignment in 2002, we have three teams from the same division in the divisional round, your NFC East. And they're the three better teams in the NFC, so it all makes sense. Well, Washington Commanders, well, they take offense, my friend. Shocking. I hope they do. Uh, since the addition of the seven seeds, which has only been what the last three years, uh, their record is zero and six, zero and six, excuse me, and have been outscored by an average of twelve point two points. Oof! So it hasn't looked great yet for that that last seed spot. Uh, obviously, it's not meant to, but uh, you kind of want to see that turned around. You kind of want to see good, yeah, good competition in the, in the playoffs. Um, all right, here's a little. Tom Brady stuff with Tom Brady's elimination. Now the oldest QB in the playoffs is your Dak Prescott at 29. Old man river. (laughs) Only Patrick Mahomes is the only QB right now in the playoffs not playing on his rookie deal. Uh, Didn't Josh Allen resign something? Allen and Dak have, but it doesn't start till next year. Uh, So technically... I think that's what they came out of. Technically, they're still on rookie contracts until... No, Mahomes has a crazy ass. He had I'm the 10-year Mahomes deal. is the one. Mahomes is the only one. Allen's yeah, but Dax, and Dax start. No, start. Dax expired. Dax contract, rookie? Yeah, yeah. Dax rookie contract expired. It, it so went this to year, a... Uh, no, 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 because he got franchised for a year. Maybe that's what they mean then for franchise tax doesn't... Uh, but then he Mahomes signed an extension. Is the, Mahomes is the only one playing on a new contract this season nope Dax extension Dak is definitely yeah Dax contract is a new contract and it's this year it's not next year yeah no it was two years ago oh okay all right well then that's yeah. a crazy stat that missed 
take. <laughs> it happens once. I was, yeah, I was like, no, oh, this Dak Prescott. I'll I'll send you the spot track. Uh, Dak Prescott's been getting paid for two years now, so he's fine. I mean, unless I wrote it down wrong, but I saw that. I can't. I mean, it. I'm just most, more impressed that Dak Prescott's the oldest fucking quarterback. It's and also he's 29 years old. Yeah, it's also the uh, first time now since 2013 that Tom Brady is not going to be winning an odd numbered Super Bowl. Good. Fuck them. <laughs> 2013. That's crazy. Uh, all the coaches remaining in the playoffs uh, now are from offensive coordinator back- backgrounds, except for Sean McDermott, who was defense mm-hmm. coordinator with the Panthers. Good. I, you know, I got to. I said nasty things about Sean McDermott for a long time, and he's turned into a really good head coach. So I'm, you know, it is what it is. Um, and, yeah. Oh, Dak Prescott, uh, rookie deal. 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, played the 2020 on a franchise tag and then uh, hurt his leg and then signed a four-year extension starting in 2021. So he's actually on the second year of his of extension, his extension. Okay. after the, yeah. What did I say? Well, uh, I don't uh, think I'm going to find it again. Uh, his cap hit next year is $50 million, though. Oh, fuck. Why did I look at that? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no. some money coming. And then finally, uh, speaking of money, you could go to both the Kansas City playoff game and the Bills playoff game for both of those to combined for less than it would cost you to go to the game in Santa Clara. Yeah, but I mean, I get that. You know, it's it's also Niners Cowboys. So. One hundred ninety three dollars uh, to get in the door in Kansas City. Two hundred forty three to get in the door in Buffalo. $569 to oh. get into the game in San Francisco or Santa Clara, wherever it is. So maybe, you know, the flight that it costs you to get from Kansas City to Buffalo in the day, and that comes out pretty even. <laughs> How much for a game in Atlanta, though? Yeah. That's my question. That's a good question. Those are my crazy stats. Folks, we had, a, a, obviously, as you can see by the, the run time, a fun time here for this episode. Only six games we talked for an hour and a half. Playoffs, man. It's, it's deep in a lot of storylines and a lot of fun. So uh, we'll get back here for the divisional round next week. Thank you guys so much for listening for this week. But before we leave, Dan, please, some parting words of wisdom. A win is fun. It makes you feel like the year was justified, you know? If you have a team that feels like it's taking the next step, we did. We won. This is the next step. Now it's time to take the next leap. There's three more games to be played if you want to win a Super Bowl. You've got to win the division. You've got to win the championship. And you've got to take it to the bowl. For the remaining eight teams, only one of them is going to end this year happy. Let it be the Dallas fucking Cowboys. That's all I want. That's all I want, Scott. I have three beautiful children. I have a happy family. I've got a good job. <laughs> but God damn it, the one thing missing in my life is a Dallas Cowboy championship. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's all he needs, folks. Um, I, hey, buddy, best of luck to you. Thank you, sir. I'll, I'll see if I can hope that you... <laughs> <laughs> see if you can muster up the... Enough, yeah. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Push Off Podcast. Maybe it should be called the uh, the Most Playoff Losses Podcast. But anyways, <laughs> thank you guys again. I am Scott. And this is Dan. We'll see you next week. We'll talk about the divisional round. I hope to hear from you then. Goodbye.